Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hey, here we are today, and we're glad to be with you on Ayers on the Road. Um, we are actually on the road or have been or in the air. We're in Arizona, actually, right at this very moment. And as we're recording this... By the way, it's raining in Arizona, so don't any of you who are in rainy, snowy climates envy us too much because it's terrible down here. <laughs> That's just what I was going to say. We are... It, I've never seen it rain all day in, in Arizona. We're in Gilbert, Arizona with our daughter, Shawnee, and her husband, Dave, and five kids. And uh, we are loving it, except that we you kind of came to well, get I came the to play tennis. I've got a granddaughter who's a great tennis player, and I came to play out there, and the courts are wet. But we're, we're thinking that with all the hot air we're going to blow out on this show, it'll probably dry the courts. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Hey, but let's not beat around the bush too long, because this is our second show on marriage, and it's kind of a follow-up to to last week, and let's do a quick review. We talked a little last week about how do you measure your marriage, how good it is or how bad it is or whatever, and we said we hope it's not by conflict or we'd be getting a failing grade, and we tried to make the case that the only three kinds of marriage that are conflict-free are either where one of the other parties is dead or where one's a total doormat and one's dominant so they never argue, or where they're on such separate paths that they never overlap enough to argue. So we tried to conclude last week that you wouldn't want a marriage free of any disagreement. What you'd want is a marriage that uses differences of opinion to build upon itself and to grow and to become better, and it's how you solve the problem, not that you never had a problem. And we even talked about how it's not a great idea for your kids to never see you disagree. That's sort of the standard line, never let your children see you disagree. But that might give them a little bit of a false idea of the world and a little bit of a false aspiration for their own marriage. So it's okay if kids see you disagree as long as they see you resolve things. And we talked, you remember, Linda, a little about um, going to the balcony when you're in the heat of an argument and getting away from it long enough to settle down and then talk a little more logically. And I think we ended up talking about how we had some marriage advice way back when we were married that you should never let the sun set on a disagreement. And we decided that wasn't too practical, but maybe you should never let the week end on a disagreement. So we talked about having a Sunday session every week where you sort of repair any concerns or worries or hurt feelings. You, you don't want to have unexpressed feelings because they never die. They just come forth later in uglier forms. So when you think about it, a lot of last week was on the, the problem of conflict in marriage and how to resolve it. and and how not to measure by purely by how many conflicts you have. Well, and we never, I'm not sure we ever got to the point where we actually said there are some things you can agree to disagree on. I know that you might disagree with that. But well, for a little while, but you've got to, you've got to, you've got to have your sights set toward oneness. I mean, that has to be the goal. Well, as much as you can, but there are some things that you do very differently and I am never going to agree with the way you do it and vice versa. So there are some things that are not, I mean, they're minor things, but there are things you do agree to disagree on, and maybe some more major things, but we know that we all resolve things in our own way. 
So we were trying to think how we could just stage a real argument right here online and right on the radio show, but uh, we decided not to do that because we'd have no listeners for the next week. <laughs> it could get ugly. <laughs> so um, we are not going to do that, but it really is, I mean, if you are married, and we know there are a lot of you out there that maybe aren't married or divorced or in a different situation, um, these are things to just think about um, in a marriage. And and actually, we have a treat for you in the second half of the show, because we're with our daughter, Shawnee Pothier, who lives in Gilbert, Arizona, and who does a very popular blog called 71toes.com, which some of you, we think, will probably know because she's getting about a million hits a month. And everybody we know seems to know um, Shawnee. So, I mean, yeah, we, not... we, we meet people sometimes like, oh, you're Shawnee's parents. And that's sort of our claim to fame. Oh, we love it. We <laughs> love it. And we have another daughter, too, Saren, who does Power Moms with the same kind of response. And it really is so great. These kids have taken the baton and gone forward. But they each have different marriages, each one of our children. And so we thought it would be interesting for Shawnee to pop yeah, in here well, the second half. After the break, we'll bring Shawnee on, but we want to go on a little with uh, kind of Marriage 2, the second show on marriage, kind of in tandem with the last one. And let us remind you that uh, one of the great things, <coughs> excuse me, about uh, BYU Radio is, that, is the website, byuradio.org. And if you go there, you can look on our show and you'll see some videos, some YouTube videos that are made to go with this show today. And if you'd pick up on that for a minute, I'm going to cough. Oh, well, don't do that. You know, um, we have so appreciated our producer, um, Benjamin, who is so terrific at keeping us on course here. And he uh, requests every week for us to put something on the website and so that you have something to go to besides just listening to us chat for half an hour. So for today specifically, if you go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Ayers on the Road, which you can go to directly or you can go to it from byuradio.org, you'll see a couple of videos there that we're going to be talking about today that will give you a little further elaboration beyond what we have time for. One of them is called Three Tips for a Strong Marriage, and the other one is called ironically, five great reasons to get divorced. <laughs> and that's a little tongue-in-cheek, obviously. But what we found really fascinating is that the, the five most common reasons that people give for why they have divorced, there's pretty good data on this, actually, and there, there really are a top five. When, when people are, who are divorced are said, well, what happened? You know, what was the cause of your divorce? There are five answers that outdistance everything else. And you could probably guess what uh, what they are. Um, in fact, Linda, what you, you know, what do you think the biggest cause of divorce is? Oh, not communicating with each other. About? About goals. Okay, and there's actually about five things people don't communicate, and they're the five reasons most commonly given for divorce. Right. One is not communicating about goals and objectives. Two is not communicating about the children, about the kids, and what the what your methods of parenting are. Not not being able to agree on that. Three is not communicating about beliefs, being too different in terms of your religious beliefs, in terms of your faith, in terms of your 
your your spiritual convictions. That, that is one of the five leading causes of divorce. And we've left the biggest two for last. Poor communication about money. Right. And poor communication about sex. Right. And Those five things. They're, they're the five main causes for divorce. And... Um that's just a statistic that's there. And so we know that those are the things that we need to talk about with each other. And then having a forum to do that is the hard part. I mean, we, I have to say that I'm married to a Harvard Business School guy. And so he insists that we have everything in business terminology. Like every Sunday we have an executive session. And so during this executive session, we talk about these things. I mean, if there are some issues that have come up during the week, I mean, it doesn't have to just be on Sunday. You can talk about it on the pillows at night or whatever. I mean, you know, there, but, but having that specific time every week when we can really talk about it, we talk about the schedule and other things, but we uh, talk about anything that has bothered us during the week. And we may have mentioned this last week, but Sometimes uh, Richard actually hurts my feelings or makes me mad. More, more likely the latter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so um, it's the time to clear the air and get things worked out. But it is important to talk about those five things. Let's well, and that, I mean, I think the point is that what's interesting to me is that, uh, you know, the, the five main causes for divorce by definition, or the flip side of that is, they're the five things you have to focus on communicating about. And if you don't, then there are inevitably going to be problems there. And, and so we often give this seminar to young married people and, and you know, they'll, they'll kind of, it's, it's not an easy sell. They'll say, well, yeah, I can see why we need to communicate about money. Sure, I mean, but we drive it home further. We say, oh, you got to not only communicate about it, you got to have no secrets from each other. You've got to, you you got to have. No one has a secret account. No one's spending money without the other one knowing. No one. It's not unilateral in any way. It has to be a wide open channel, and we can usually get agreement on that. And then we'll say, well, you also got to do that with your parenting methods. Well, can't we agree to disagree? You know, they'll say, we just, we just stay with it. If you can't, you know, the kids will know if you disagree on how to parent them. You've got to keep working at that. You've got to keep communicating about it. And then we'll say, you've got to communicate about sex. And they'll say, wait, 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 wait. Can't we just do it? Why do we have to talk about it? You know, it's funny how much resistance there is on communication. And, and the thing we try to get people to say is, hey, I'm just going to talk about those five things all the time. I'm not going to, to have anything that is sort of hidden or in the dark in any of those five areas. We're going to have them be wide open. We just had the most interesting experience on a cruise last week. We met a couple that we really like. They're in their 70s, but they had the most entertaining story about their relationship and their partnership and you're the one that really heard the main story but let me just start it by saying that he was very type a proactive and was like okay now we're going to do this for me and now we're going to move to hawaii so i can train for the ironman and now and and you'd be waiting for me at the end of the race with a tub of ben and jerry's ice cream and my favorite flavor and have the kids there and so on and you know finally one day she decided she just had it you tell the rest of the story well, what was interesting about it is this guy had been very financially successful, and so at age 40, his dream 
was to run the Ironman. And they went to Hawaii, as you said, Linda, and they, he trained for a year to get in enough training that he could actually um, do that. And then she finally had had it because it was all about uh, him. And so she said to him on that day, he finished the race, she showed up as he had requested with his Haagen-Dazs ice cream and so on. But then she said, George, tomorrow I have plane tickets. I'm leaving you unless you spend the night thinking about it and decide that we're going to be partners on everything you've been investing money without telling me about it. You've had a lot of goals you haven't shared with me. You, you, you know, we never talk about intimacy. We never talk about our relationship. We don't discuss our beliefs and our faith. You make up your mind if we're going to be partners, because if not, I'm leaving in the morning. And the way they told the story, he spent a long sleepless night, but in the morning he committed and they, she said, they had been total partners on everything for were, the last 30 years. Yeah, we spent a week with them, and it was a delightful relationship, but it didn't happen overnight, I think. it had. To, there were some changes that had to happen, but it really was amazing what happened once they decided to be on the same, on the same page. We're going to take a brief break. What we do, if you have a chance, maybe open your computer and, and take a look at uh, youtube.com slash on the road. We've referred to one of the videos there that's called five great reasons to get divorced. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the other video, which is three tips for a strong marriage. And we're going to have our daughter, Shawnee, join us for part of that discussion. Yeah, it'll so, be interesting because she may totally disagree with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Richard and Linda and Shawnee Iyer, both here. Yes, so happy to be here. This mother of five children, eight, ages 17 to eight, and five of the most awesome kids in the world, I have to say. Wouldn't you agree, Shawnee? I'm a little biased, but I sure like them a lot. <laughs> Shawnee, as we mentioned in the first half, among other things, I think it's about the 50th greatest thing about you, Shani, is that you have a blog that millions of people follow called 71toes.com. That's a weird name. Where'd you come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they can check into the blog and check it out. Yeah, that's that's. We have one little girl that had an extra toe. <laughs> yeah, so that's how many toes there were in the family. But what's interesting is, Shani, we've been sitting here in the first half talking about about marriage and we're sitting in your little office and we're surrounded by marriage pictures of you and your Prince Charming Dave and you just look so happy. I mean, obviously... Well, you're, there's only you're, one, but it is well, a no, cute there's one. there's another one. That's a good one. <laughs> They're see. cute, yeah. Um, but it is really interesting that every one of our children who are married now, uh, which is the vast majority, um, it really is so fun to see the different relationships they've had with their partners. They're all totally different because they come from different places, different families, and lo and behold, you learn that there's more than one right way to do things. So Shawnee came into the little studio here and said, what are we talking about? And all I said was three tips to a strong marriage. And Shawnee said, well, what are they? And I said, I'm not telling. 
And so, so what do you, what do you, if you had to give three, if you had to give one tip for a strong marriage, Shani, what would you start off? Oh, she's thought about this a lot. She's not going to have any trouble. Oh, I don't know about that. You're kind of a little bit on the spot here. Um, one tip? You want me to do one? One tip. Well, well there's three of us. Well, there's more. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, really, this is totally, I'm just, I'm just fresh in from trying to help kids with jobs, so I have no idea what you're talking about, but... I would say one thing that's helped Dave and I the most is just the scripture that says cleave unto your cleave unto your spouse. Like just make that make that your union. And you know, I think there's a lot of I have a lot of friends who still go with their problems to their parents or to their friends that they have in their marriages. And I'm so thankful that Dave and I, when we first got married, decided that we would talk to each other. We we do have pretty good communication, so we're able to just talk to each other and try to figure those things out together. And I feel like that's made our marriage a lot stronger. Wait and wait a minute. Isn't that the one that says you shall leave your father and your mother and cleave to your spouse? And that is really hard when Richard and Linda Iyer and your parents, specifically Richard Iyer. <laughs> wait, you're leaving me and cleaving to that guy? And you you were our first daughter to you were our first child to get married, Johnny. And I I it wasn't easy for me. We had a little hard time with that. That was a weird it was a weird adjustment because we did we do still do have a great relationship, but things kind of shift a little bit when you get married and I think it is so important to just cleave to that spouse of yours and share and combine everything one thing that's helped Dave and I recently is that we we got so busy with so many different things we were remodeling a house and we went and lived in China for a semester and um, we just got so into doing our own things and our own um, little lists that we needed to get done our to-do list that we kind of forgot that we needed to communicate together and I just think there's nothing like cleaving to that spouse of yours and just having a minute taking a minute to talk every night before you go to bed or even stopping in the middle of the day and giving a phone call or making sure that you know what they're going through, what the problems that they're having right now and anything that you can think of that um, can connect you even more. Just sending a little text and saying, I hope your meeting went well or um, you're just kind of confiding in things that you're worried about with the kids. I just think that communication and that cleaving together is just as so important. Even though it's hard for the dad who's like, wait, are you telling me I'm not the most important man in your life anymore? And Sean is like, yep, yes. that's what I'm telling <laughs> that's you. That's what you're saying. And hey, I'm let's, like, okay. Let's go back just a minute because you kind of glossed over that. We went to China for a semester. Um, I think you ought to talk a little bit about how that changes a relationship and that change, any change, whether it's, you know, building a house, which you've also just done, or, you know, just a big change that comes into your life. Sometimes kids make a change because they become troublesome worrisome and so on wait so shawnee's first tip is communicate and cleave to each other and the second one is go to china for a while <laughs> <laughs> no but what do you think about that oh you mean in the in the sense that how do you deal what with that kind of stuff relationship yeah, there are i think that there are inevitably there's going to be things that change your relationship whether you change a job whether you change to a yeah. different moving in a different area whether you have a child, like you said, anything, there's always big changes that come along. And I just think it's so important to adjust with that and go with the flow. And, you know, think if, if what's working for us before is going out to dinner every Friday night um, and that changes when you have a baby or that changes when something else happens and you Your have to kind of, changes, yeah, yeah right. then adjust the whole pattern to go with it, but make sure that that stays front and central in your plan to have that discussion, that communication time. 
Well, and you know, one thing, sometimes I think when we, when we say to marriage couples, you've got to communicate, you've got to, they, they're sort of thinking in terms of what, what do we do, have a meeting, do we, I mean, it sounds so, it sounds so sort of sterile, we've got to communicate, but you just said, you know, the date night thing, Shawnee, or, I mean, most of the communication that you want to have with your spouse will take place if you just give it a chance by getting in the right setting. And I know this is not a, there's nothing unique about saying go on a date once a week or continue the courtship. We hear that sort of advice all the time. But but the trick is to think of that date or that courtship or that continuing sort of romantic relationship as the environment for communicating about all these things we need to do. And you don't have to have an agenda. You don't have to check off a list. You just need to be together without the kids and without a lot of distractions often enough that communication really has a chance to flow. Well, and sometimes it's important to, I I know one of our brothers, I can't remember who, but was saying on their date, they try not to ever talk about the kids. And, you know, that could be, but, you know, just like mom said, everyone, every relationship is different. I think that you guys specifically do like to have that formal meeting. You guys have your, you know, these guys have a meeting on Sundays where they do their, I mean, it's formal and they've got things laid out and that worked for them really well. And I think that works really well for a lot of couples. For my husband and I, it doesn't work as well. And so we kind of let things come out kind of naturally in conversations or in a date or even just, I love when we go to bed at the same time at night. I, I really try to make that a priority because that happens to be for us individually our best time to actually lay there and communicate and talk about what happened during the day. We kind of call it the post-party wrap-up. <laughs> the post-party wrap-up. I, I thought, love it. I thought you called it pillow talk. <laughs> no, that's what we call it. But it really, that is fun. It's a great idea. And and it, like you say, everybody has to adjust to their spouse and what's, uh, what works for you as a couple, but also you have to adjust to your spouse over and over and over again because exactly. they're different. It's not just going to... You are so, I mean, we are so different. Richard just keeps coming up with these crazy ideas, and I have to keep training myself. So now, I am a rule keeper. Not that you break yeah, talk, Don't rules, get into this rule keeping thing again. You, you, you hit me with that last <laughs> week on the same show. You keep coming back. What rule have I broken lately? Well, Come on. you know, if you go to a parking place that says parking lot full, he would say, no, 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 no. There'll be a place in there where we can find it. Well, that's not and he's breaking passed that on the rule. I'm just trying to think outside no, the box. But what I'm saying is what you have to train yourself to say is this is what I love about this person. Sometimes the things that you that drive you the craziest about them is also the thing you love most about them. And you have to really train yourself and say, quit saying you can't do that because yeah, yeah. you can do that. You will do that, and, as, and especially if I say you can't do that. So um, it really is important to realize that you're married to somebody. You, you married him for a reason, and you have to keep reminding no, yourself. No, I, I agree with that. I want to get back, though, to something Shani said about going to bed at the same time. That that. That may sound like, well, what a tiny little thing. But, you know, we, we polled an audience once of just couples. And it was amazing how, mo- how actually the majority of them did not go to bed at the same time. It's like, well, I'm, you know, I, I, I get up earlier. I'm a, I'm a lark. I go to bed sooner and so on. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing or a sin. And maybe that's what works for some people. But it is true, especially if you're in a busy household with a lot of little kids, one of the only really predictable times that you're going to be together with a chance to talk about something is if you go to bed at the same time. 
That's that's just, I mean, elaborate a little more on that, Shani. That's not always easy. Well, it's not easy. That. It's really not easy. And in fact, I've had this discussion with a few different people. I just think sometimes that is really impossible. There's some people who work nights. There's some yeah, people who right, right. Um, just have different schedules that they can't do it. But if they can't go to bed at the same time, which I think is the easiest way to communicate, I think it's essential to have a time during the day, at least at least in the majority of days, where you can talk on the phone or where you just set aside some time to talk. Because I think really that's the key is communicating. If you're just going from day to day, just scrambling about your own business and your your paths are going to just keep dividing and dividing and you're not really going to know each other. And that's you want to know each other. That's the fun of marriage. And, and I think what you're saying too, Shani, is that you can't, you can't just say communication, communication, communication. You can't just, there has to be a time set and an agenda for that. I, I don't want to say agenda because that makes it sound too structured like a meeting. And it could be a pillow talk. It could be going to bed at the same time. It could be going on a date once a week. I mean, there's a million different formulas. I guess my point is you better have a formula, whatever yours is. Well, I think that's really a good point. In fact, I, I've written on my blog a few times about interviews that I have with my kids, and people are really interested in what questions do you ask them. And I wonder if um, I wonder if that's the same in a marriage. Some people don't even know. I mean, if you if you've gone for a long time without really discussing anything, sometimes you're just faced with a lot of blank time. You don't really know how to start those discussions yeah. and that communication. And so that's an I don't know what I don't know if you guys have good advice on that, but I think. There are couples out there who have neglected that a little bit, and that's okay. That happens in some kinds of times of life, but sometimes it takes a little while to reconnect again. And you might maybe could use some structured questions. Well, yeah, really, I I love that idea. We've just been talking about questions you can ask the grandchildren too, but it really is important to think. You know, what are you worried about right now? Or how happy are you on a scale from one to ten? You know, just anything that will bring up some discussion about what's going on. Or you could use the agenda we gave at the first part of the show, Shani, before you were here. We said that the five things that are the most common reasons for divorce are also the five things you need to talk about. And you could start any of these with a question. They, they are our parenting methods, our, our goals, our beliefs, our intimacy, our physical intimacy, and our money. You could say on any one of those five, let's start with that. That could become the agenda. So we're out of time on ours on the road again. We love being with you, Sean. It's great to have you with us. We, we love just sharing thoughts and ideas, not as experts, but as fellow strugglers in this battle to have good marriages and good families. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Bye-bye.